Okay, we're doing Welcome everyone to another episode of the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt. And by the time you hear this, I hope you find yourself at a good spot in time because right now the world around us is going crazy. From today, recording this on June 15th, so Monday, fresh start to a new week. But as of today, there's an alleged cyber attack on pretty much all the cell phone carriers. From that to more protests going on now they're you know graduated down to a more peaceful protest around the nation but some spots a little more rapid than others from protests to more police murders more brutality now we have marches against ice which is mainly dealt with with immigrants and border control and all that so now everyone's demanding for the kids to be released since they've been kept from their parents for uh, it feels like years. It might be a couple years at least, that it, as long as it sounds. But we have that going on. We have now we have these quote unquote suicides from people hanging from trees. Just let that one sink in. And if history serves me right, those kind of sound like lynchings. But cops have been finding them. Have been said they appear to have been suicides. So we had two, one in Palmdale, one at, can't remember the second location, but we had two of them within 10 days of each other. And then today, I found out there was another one in Texas of a quote-unquote Hispanic woman. And the only reason why I say quote-unquote, just in case you have any questions or wondering, that word Hispanic, I really don't use personally myself. I feel that it takes away identity so when you say hispanic you're just generalizing everybody who speaks or derives from the spanish language not in a particular area just because everybody in mexico central american even south america who speaks spanish you're all generalizing categorized into this one label which is called hispanic but i couldn't i consider myself mexican-american or just plain mexican depending on how you want to see it or how upset you get and hearing that that label but that's what i care to consider myself a mexican nothing wrong with it i'm proud of it. it took me years to find out what i was what i wanted to be and it was just right there in front of me but unfortunately growing up i was kept that from me how you may ask every time i would want to speak spanish or i learned the spanish word or just curious about the culture in itself i was told by my uncle you're not a wetback Yep, my own Mexican uncle, skin as brown as me, turned around and said that and used that term in a derogatory derogatory fashion to kind of like uphold his nose at people he felt it was lesser. Meanwhile, he's turning around talking Spanish to other people. He's benefiting from the food, the culture, the look, however you want to say it. So, I mean, as a kid, you just, you really don't question anything. You just, okay, you just go on with your life. It wasn't until I started getting older and 
really finding out my place in this world. Some people take, some people just know who they are, where they came from just naturally. Others, like myself, it's, it's a process and it's a journey. But I do feel that I would have felt, or I would have learned more if I was more introduced or more kept around my, my father's side of the family. But unfortunately for me, my mother's side of the family was very, very jealous if I went over to their side. And for many, many years, well, not I, I want to say years, but it felt like it was all within a year and a half period. But a couple of years, I just want to say. I got really close to one of my aunts on my, you know the other side. And it got to the point where every weekend I would go over, hang out, request for them to pick me up just, just to go hang out because I just like being around them. There was something about them that I felt very wholesome and very homey. Not like a homie from the streets, but like it felt like home. It felt comfortable. It felt warm. And my grandma told me one day, she said, you know what? You got to stop going over there. And I said, why? She's like, well, some of your family members are getting jealous and they don't think you should go over there no more. And by family members, she met my uncle, but she was 60-something years old. She didn't want to put up a fight. She just said, you know, just do this. I don't want to hear his mouth. And that's all she said with that one look. So from then till, I don't know, I was about 25, 26, where I started, you know, talking to her more. And now, you know, we see each other as much as we can, as much as I want to. If it was up to me, it would be every weekend. But, you know, space, everything, everyone has their own lives. But anyways, that's my family. But the fact that my family member told me this, and what I'm trying to get at is that if I would have spent more time with them, I felt... I feel like I would have gotten more in touch with my Mexican roots. If that makes any sense to you. But, yeah. So what I want to get get around to this is that I never knew there was such thing as like a self, self-racism towards people in your own race, people in your own cultures. In school, it was always taught, you know, there was racism against well, mainly it was just blacks that I learned about because it's such a big part of American history from slavery to the civil rights movement to the present day. It's unfortunately there, that part of the history, that's what they only teach when you learn about black people. You don't learn about the adventurers, the generals, other than King and, and X, you don't really know, learn about, you know, the other major players in the civil rights movement. People that were were speaking up more, putting their lives on the line for civil rights, not only for them, but for, for all people. And if I grew up in an area where, well, I grew up in Boyle Heights, and it's an area that used to be held by different races. So it was originally, well, there was Russians there, there was Jewish, and up until the early... 40s around the World War II area, there was a bunch of Japanese there. And then after they got kicked out, they literally got kicked out from the government. Their their property got seized, it got sold, and they got put in work, quote-unquote, concentration camps. So, I mean, so unfortunately for them, but the whole Mexican, Central American, South American people moved into that area. But growing up, I was in a spot where it was five minutes away from the downtown LA area. And if you don't know that area, there's 
little Tokyo, a couple more minutes down the line, there's um, Koreatown, you got Little Armenia. It's, so in my area in Bohais, there is a bunch of different ethnicities in there. And going up in elementary school, I had kids from different races, different backgrounds in there. So I had friends that were Vietnamese, they were Cambodian, they were black, white, Mexican. So it wasn't really an issue with them because them, I didn't see color. It was just another one of my friends that I hung around with. Another one of my friends that lived across the street. It was that. My main pick and my main focus was you know, other Mexican kids picking on me, and I always wonder why, like, it was my fault that I didn't speak Spanish, or I looked a certain way, or whatever. And then I got this other stuff coming from home that I had no clue what was going on. It was just, well, I guess I'm not this quote-unquote wetback, as you say. So there goes my Spanish learning or language, wanting to learn about the culture, the area where I was from, none of that. But it was always strange, too, because my grandma... Her parents came here in what the early 1900s from Mexico City. I mean, my grandma knew Mex Spanish up and down. Spoke the language. She read. She wrote it. Right, wrote. Sorry, I don't speak well. But then my uncle was turning around. Tell I don't know if there was something going on with them. Some sort of how fate. He didn't find his own identity, but that's what he had passed down on me, and that's what I grew up and I knew up until. Oh, I guess really in high school, once you start finding your own branch and your own like way of thinking, you can really like break free from whatever oppressive home you come from. But just in general, during yeah, my youth days, I don't know, I'm 30, I'm still kind of young, but just feels weird saying that my youth days, you always hear a lot of Mexicans hating on other Mexicans, whether they're Mexican-Americans, Mexicans from well, Mexico, uh, whether they're immigrants that came over here, whether they're farm workers, Central Americans, um, and people from, people from South America. I just never understood it and why. So there was always a, a big hate between Mexicans and Salvadorians. I don't know the history for that. I don't know why. And to be honest, I really don't care because they're just people like you and me. They have their ways or cultures i just never thought of anything of it i don't know if people are bored or people are just unhappy with their lives where they find ways to pick on each other and i haven't heard of any like racist crimes within each other they just are always races of talking to salvadorians talking to immigrants being quote-unquote web acts and i wish i could tell you right now that that talk that i've heard growing up has stopped but unfortunately, no. There's a bunch of Mexican-American people who still use that word wetback, who are still derog, you know, they're still, in other words, racist towards their own people. Just because you're born on one side of the border and another is not, doesn't make you any better or less than them. You're, you know, you're, you're the same people. I got into a good position in my life where I was thinking for myself because if I was to continue that thinking I don't know where I would be right now in the terms of what will go on in my head I mean if it was up to them I would probably just hang around nothing but a bunch of brown people not 
going around my going outside of my culture and then talking to blacks, whites, browns, yellows, whatever. But once you actually see somebody and you talk to somebody from different race and just get to know them for like five minutes, you'd really, really understand that there's nothing different other than your skin tone. And that shouldn't separate you and your feelings towards them. So just like you and me, people from other races, other ethnicities, just like you and me, people from other races, other backgrounds, cultures, lands, they're just like you and me. We're born, we live, we die. Plain as that. I was always told by, I think it was my grandma, or if not, I heard this somewhere. Can't really, it's kind of hazy, but I've always heard there's two things guaranteed in life. You're born and you're dead. Anything that happens in between is on you. Kind of a bleak quote to replay, but in a sense, it kind of helps you understand, you know, the person in front of you because they look and sound different. You're all the same in the end. So that's why I can't get with racist people hating on other people with their skin color. I mean, I don't get it. No matter how much research I can look into and like answers of why, you know, let's say the Klan hates black people or white supremacists think they're better than others or, you know, Mexicans hating on other Mexicans south of the border or, you know, north here, farm workers of north and southern California. No matter how many answers I look and I find, I just don't understand it. I'm not saying that because I'm stupid, like I don't understand, you know, a plain, simple answer. It's the fact that I don't understand what the hell is so wrong with the other person. What, What's inside you that causes so much animosity that you just would focus your whole life into trampling one culture? And if you don't believe me that's happening, look at down south. Look at the clan areas where they have signs in their, their towns that say, you know, lack for better words, no blacks past sunset. How the hell are you supposed to feel when you hear about stuff like that? It's sickening. Some may think that racism is it's taught, it's passed down. It's, I think it's all of that. You teach it, you pass it down to the generations below you. And the only reason why I say you pass it down because my, that's one of the things my uncle was trying to pass down to me. Which is funny and I don't get because he would say, what back this and what back that and Whenever I would, you know, listen to Spanish music or try to try to even talk Spanish, that was one of the most I don't embarrassing moments in my in my youth. I was trying to say something in Spanish, or I actually did say something, and he turned around and they laughed at me and he said, "You sound like them." What the fuck does that mean? You sound like them. Why do you tell a kid that? But the incident in hand, it was, we were one day shopping and there was these guys holding guitars and a bass and they were saying, they were from Michoacan, they just got here and they were wondering if they had any, you know, spare change or anything to help them out, you know, continue the journey or to get where they were going. And amazingly, as much as I can't speak Spanish, I could under, understand a little bit enough to get me by and to kind of go forward, just a little bit, not too much, but... I said that, he asked me what were they saying, which is weird because 
thinking back, he he understood Spanish, but I'm pretty sure he was a little bit more off to the right, so he didn't hear as well. So when I told him, I said, you know, they're from Michoacan. That's when he had laughed at me and like gave him this look, like he's so much better than me, so much better than them. And he, that's when he said, you know, you sound like them. And he chuckled and he laughed, and he went about his way. And I felt so, I felt so like dirty and discouraged and embarrassed. I think at that point I was embarrassed that we had the same skin tone and he was thinking like that. Because I think as a people, you want to empower yourselves to do good. Not to be better than anybody, not to you know hold your noses up at other races or other people, but even coming from your house, you guys want, you want each other to do good, prosper in life, have a good head on your shoulders. You know, why would you say shit like that to bring a kid down? I think at this moment, I was probably around 16, 15, maybe 14, the earliest best guess I could have. And it's just sickening. So I can understand that point of, you know, racism is passed down and it's taught. And for some reason, I guess, thankfully, the people that I grew up around, like my friends growing up, they came from different races. So I knew that talk that he was talking and it wasn't good. And it's something that I wasn't even a part of. I mean, I thank God for it now because I'm nowhere near that. And it, when I hear people, especially from my own culture, my own race, talk like that, it's so demeaning and so petty. It's so small. It's 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 uncalled for, especially in this day and age, 2020. You would think, <laughs> you would think by now, by 2020, all this would be done with, right? Hearing about the 60s and civil rights and how you know. There would be signs, no colored people, no dogs, no Negroes, no Mexicans, whites only. You thought all that talk would have been you know, over with once they passed civil rights. Right? Right. But no, that's not the case. Ever since, not to get too political, but ever since Trump was one in office, his actions and his demeanor has led to more and more racist incidents and more and more people who use his name to justify their own racism out in the streets, out on social media, out in their homes. And what's even worse is that this guy doesn't denounce it. He just sits there and like has a smug look on his face that makes you not want to like the guy. And I mean, racism has always been around this from, I don't know, I guess you could say the beginning of time from slavery to, you know, what we're doing with now. But in the past eight years, well, what, 12 years like at this, this point, when Obama was office, he was our first black president. You really didn't hear anything in the media about, you know, racist attacks or, I mean, there's police brutality. I think more than what I can remember growing up. Well, you know, you know what? Scratch that. There wasn't more. It's just now with the, the use of smartphones, social media, there's more being recorded and more being shown at the world. I mean, all that's leading to what was going on right now with the George Floyd murder and the protests. But this is a general general feeling. There wasn't really too much animosity, too much built up hate. But as soon as Trump went in office, he, like his cult followers just unleashed it. And when I say cult followers, I mean those people that you see on TV that just look stupid, screaming out his name, waving flags, 
and it separates the stupid from I guess you want to say the more intelligent ones that you know I've I've come in contact with I've talked to and you talk to them and you could find common ground they actually speak rationally and they understand the all they want is you know no more taxes from them some shit like that but it's the ones you see on the TV waving the flags some even salute giving the Nazi salute and if you remember anything from Charlottesville, you remember these uh, white supremacist little neo-Nazi kids. Uh, probably, you know, uh, thinking about them so stupid and it's funny. But they marched around screaming their white superiority, holding tiki torches. And our president didn't say anything about them. He didn't denounce them. All he said was, you know, there were some fine people in there. Really? Who the hell there says that there's some fine, some fine people in a protest, I guess protest, you want to call it, or a march with people holding Nazi flags? But that's it in. So they're not denouncing it. One, there's some pretty fine people in there. I think from that point on, that was kind of like the go-ahead for these racists to use that, to use him as their, like, poster child, you know, to justify their actions. So it's just been getting, the way I've been seeing it, it's been getting worse and worse throughout the years, and I really don't think there's any closing to it anytime soon. I mean, the good thing is when you see these Black Lives Matter protests, these marches, when you look at the crowds, there's a really diverse group of crowds. It's not just blacks. There's whites, blacks, browns, yellows, everything in between. And I'm sorry. I don't like really using like, those terms like black, white, yellow. Just generalizing people. But, you know, just for the sake of getting the conversation quick, um, I'll just use that. But, you know, there's, there's some reform being attempted with the police. A couple of them are getting more arrested. Hopefully it could lead to you know, other things, you know, police brutality, systematic racism, systemic, my bad. But I just never understood it. And I think honestly, till the day I die, I don't think I ever will what would cause so much have somebody to have so much hate to grow inside of you to lash out and just hate other people. I guess I guess I think I'm just guessing because I don't feel that way, so I just it's kind of baffling to me. But as I see these racist people and their rants and their the little tantrums, it's very amusing. It's very demeaning towards themselves to the fact that we're from the same race. We're from the same human race and it's like you're a defective product. That's how I look at racists. They're defective products in what should be a very harmonic, beautiful set of people. I'm talking about everyone in whole. Uh, I don't know, I couldn't answer the question of why people hate people too much. Maybe they're not loved enough. Maybe they're bitter in their lives. Maybe they've had someone from another race do better than them and they get that little man complex where they just want to lash out. I have no idea. But it's something that I want to teach my kids about racism and it's something that I don't want them to ever feel ashamed who they are and where they come from. I don't want them to feel ashamed of their bilingual. I don't want them to feel ashamed of the skin the skin color. 
I don't want them to feel the shame of their family members and their skin colors. It's and unfortunately, that's what I went through. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I felt not a part of a people. I didn't know there was a movement or people called Chicanos, which are the Mexican-Americans is what they label themselves as. I thought I was just a Mexican-American. I didn't know there was another word for it. I didn't know there was certain beliefs and readings. I didn't know what the pyramids were in Mexico. I didn't know any of the artists. So it's something that I don't want for my kids, something I don't want to pass down. What I want for my kids is to uphold themselves and the people around them, no matter what race and color they are. 